Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hello, everyone. If you'd like to get to know more about Awakening Reformation podcast, you can go to rebelalliancemedia.com and check out our whole network of podcasts. We have several podcasts that come out during the week, so go to iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher, subscribe to the feed so you can check it all out. We'd really appreciate it. The website has articles, video series. There's a plethora of content, so go check it out. We also have a Patreon for those who wish to financially support this creative endeavor. That's right. <laughs> so patreon.com slash rebel alliance is where you can go and do that. So again, rebelalliancemedia.com. I know we call you the weaker vessel, but right now you are legitimately physically weaker right now. The one thing podcasting has taught me is that I actually am, in fact, the weaker vessel. (laughs) And why is that right now? Because I noticed throughout all of our podcasting how often you point out my weaknesses, (laughs) my physical ailments. You've lost your voice several times. Several times, several colds. I'm not a sickly person, but when you podcast, you realize I'm actually, in fact, weaker than I thought. (laughs) This is not a joke anymore. Yeah, currently I'm icing my wrist as we speak. And you don't even know how you injured it. No, it just hurts and it's swollen. I think it's just a sprain. Yeah. I was able to like survive the day. So yeah, it's surely really, it can't be broken. It's really weird. It just kind of came out of nowhere at the end of your day here. Mm-hmm. Housework is in fact dangerous. So we have a few fun things to talk about here at the beginning. Yeah. Besides my limp wrist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the first thing on our agenda tonight? So, do you want to storm Area 51? We'll have to wait till my wrist is better. Well, it's September 20th, so... So I'll be good. It'll probably be good by then. Yeah. If it wasn't so far away, it's in Nevada. I mean, I would for sure at least, like, if I lived close, pull up close enough to where I could watch the action happen. Right. I wouldn't be part of it. Like fireworks. Like, a lot of times you're kind of a distance away, but they're still beautiful. It's just as magical as being exactly. right underneath the action. That's right. So if you... Somehow, you've been living under a rock. Yeah, what we're talking about is a Facebook event created by some meme page, I think, called. I don't even know who started it, but it's stinking hilarious. It's called Storming Area 51. They can't stop us all. (laughs) It's legitimately this page of, I think it started as a joke of people who were just like, I sure hope it started as a joke. Let's figure out what's going on in Area 51. We'll invite some of our friends and see if they want to, like, help us storm this fortified military installation and see if there's aliens in there. (laughs) And then bust them out if they are. (laughs) And people just thought it was humorous, like us, and started liking this page. And now there's, like, over a million people who are supposedly attending the event. Right. So it's an event. So there's going... Yeah. There's interested, and then there's, like, not going or right, whatever. Yeah. And I think when I put myself as interested, there was, I think, 100,000 people going, and then about 100,000 interested. And now it's over a million. And every day, like, another couple hundred thousand people are... So, this the... is supposed to happen on September 20th. I wonder how many yeah. people are actually going to, like, be a part of this event 
by September 20th. I mean, that's over like two months away. It's going to be massive. I think there's going to be like 10 million or more. I don't know, but it's really, really funny. The memes that are coming out of this thing, the memed videos of of the stuff. Kyles and the Karens. The Kyles. <laughs> you guys, if you don't know what this is, you just have to check it out. We we promise we're not just like gonna talk about the, like the, yeah. all the funny things. There's a point. This. There's a reason why we're. There is a point to all of this, and yeah. we were talking about this earlier. How there's really two people who are attending, quote unquote, whether they actually do or not, attending right. this event. There's one group of people who aren't actually going to go to Nevada and storm Area 51. They just are pretending to take part in this, right. you know, imaginative event. They assume it's not actually going to happen. Yeah, they're just along for like the us. laughs. Yeah, like most people aren't really going to rush into a military installation and think they can take on the U.S. armed forces. Yeah, being in the military myself, I know that this is a, a really bad idea. I mean, they, they legit can't stop you all. Yeah. And it is a joke. Because they're actually, like, making quote-unquote game plans and, like, publishing mm-hmm. them. Like, that's a terrible military strategy to, like, publish your... <laughs> I know, right? Your, uh, uh... Your strategy. Yes, thank you. Your strategy. Yeah. So, it must be a joke. Well, and he said he's, he's not serious. He's like, if you're the U.S. government, I am not serious. He put that in there. Yeah. But there are people who are weird... I know. Who are going to take this seriously. And there have been some no doubt. legitimate concerns raised that there may be people who are of below average intelligence thinking this is actually serious or plausible mm-hmm. and could get hurt potentially. But we think there is like a biblical concept to both of these groups' responses to this page, their interest in this their, Area yeah, 51 takeover. Yeah, why this event has attracted them. Yeah, I think there's a very, a good way of putting it. very deep theological, uh, yeah, reason why something like this attracts these people. So, what do you think it is for the people who are just like, "Haha, this is so funny." I'm gonna say I'm going, even though I have no intention of actually going to do this. I think for them, it's the sense of community yeah. and wanting to belong and wanting to not be left out. Even if it is something as silly as like an online phenomenon, it still is right. A group that you belong to and people you can laugh with and relate to, to some extent. Yeah, it creates a point of connectivity. Mm -hmm. Which is a very theological idea. Like this idea of communion and being in fellowship with someone is, it ties right back to creation. And we were created in communion and community with God. And that's why we long for community. John Piper put it really well in his book, Don't Waste Your Life. At the beginning, he talked about how we are created to find glory and pleasure and satisfaction and purpose outside of ourselves in something bigger. Mm -hmm. And I think this just proves again that to be true and how this thing takes off. And of course, everyone's like, heck yeah, I'm going. And then I'm going to share the meme and I'm going to like we've done, because mm-hmm. it's hilarious, and we know that we want community and to have points of connectivity. We've created group chats, and we're sharing a bunch of stuff, right. and it's it's super fun and hilarious, and it just further proves that point that we've been created to worship. We've been created to connect with something outside of ourselves. We aren't well, even islands. Just, and even just being community with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that is something that is 
almost, you know, gifted to us because we were created in the image of God. We, right. we have the ability yeah. to have community with each other because God is a triune God who communes perfectly with himself. We long to have that same type of community with other people. Yeah, it's it's actually what's most natural yeah. to our being. For us as Christians, though, we can look at an event like this and say, we can yuck it up with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But we know that our ultimate fellowship and community is with our brothers and sisters in church, not right. in this ridiculous Facebook God. page. Yeah. yeah, and with God. Yeah, and with God. Yeah. Well, and that's why we have communion with each other. It's because of what Jesus has done, mm-hmm. you know. So. Right. Super interesting. So the second group of people, the people who actually believe this is a really good idea, uh-huh. <laughs> that they should band together and storm the gates of Area 51. And jailbreak all the aliens. <laughs> yeah. What makes you think that that person is attracted to this idea? You know, this is the person that has the incredible high score on the video game. or perhaps. has, the, Or perhaps has the highest, you know, kill count of I think his online of, guild. I think but, this type of person is drawn to fantasy probably more and... Yeah. Fiction and... Well, and fantasy glory. Yeah. Right? Like... I mean, I'm just saying, maybe he's not like a video gamer, but he really enjoys, like, literary fiction. So you mean someone who likes LARPing? Like that kind of person? Maybe. I just think... Renaissance fairs. Yeah, right. You know, like, just the idea of storming the gates of something is yeah. attractive to them. Well, I think God has made men, in particular, mm-hmm. with the desire to conquer, subdue protect, you know, to vanquish the enemy Mm -hmm. and all this, you know, all those kinds of things. Those concepts. Yeah. And this just feeds right into it. Like, uh, storm the gates of a, of a base in the middle of the desert or a bunch of aliens are and all this stuff. Of course, you know. An impenetrable fortress. Yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) Right. And the reason why I was saying the fantasy glory of it is because I think deep down anyone as serious as they may be knows that this is not going to happen. No. Like, I, don't... I mean, we certainly hope it doesn't happen I for mean, a they're... plethora of reasons. <laughs> right. But but the idea, like you said, of men wanting to conquer something, mm-hmm. to subdue something, right? some imaginary enemy, whether it be the U.S. government or aliens mm-hmm. or whatever else they're thinking they're going to conquer. Yeah. It's because that's what they're created to do. Like you said, they're created to do those things. They're created to vanquish the enemy. They're created to storm gates. They're created to be victors. And when you're not a believer, you have all of those desires, but you don't know where to direct them. Exactly. Hashtag, this is where we go post mill. True. Yeah. When God gave Adam all those desires and put him in the perfect garden, God's uh, desire was not for Adam to stay in the garden. And so we have that deep desire of even if where I'm at right now is great, there's a place over there that needs freeing, subduing, mm-hmm. and cultivating. And all these men that are super serious about it might be in a, you know, an Eden of their own, of their life. But, you know, this idea to go over and take over a new thing. Area 51. <laughs> take over yeah, is, a, is attractive to them. You this know? is where Christians just need to say, I like your zeal. Let me point you in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Let's channel that in a way that's... Uh, godly like there is a real enemy and let me show you mm-hmm. how we do in fact war against him yeah so yeah like it actually makes sense why for hundreds and hundreds of years 
empires and kingdoms were always trying to expand their boundaries. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And they were always able to justify their cause Mm -hmm. because it was something that was as elementary as their DNA. Like, it's just who they are. It's who God created them to be. Yeah. And because of sin nature, of course, it was, you know, gone awry. Mm -hmm. But but that desire is hardwired. Well, that's our thoughts on the Area 51 (laughs) phenomenon. (laughs) Go look it up if you don't know. I have another funny story, and I won't get too personal with it, but I was scrolling through my Facebook today, and amidst all of the Area 51 memes, there were several really humorous groupings of, like, photos from a few different people, a few few different friends. Okay. And there was, like, this cluster of photos, and then a brief description of the photos, and then a few hashtags. And as I'm, like, reading through these hashtags, they seemingly have nothing to do with the photos and or what was written in the paragraph above the photos. Just totally random. Just totally random. And it just made me chuckle because I'm like, what in the world? These are the weirdest hashtags. <laughs> but, like, everyone has seen photos of, like, girls taking selfies and mm-hmm. they'll be like, hashtag, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. Or, <laughs> like, there's always weird hashtags surrounding any photos or social media engagement. And it just made me like stop and think, why do people feel the need to like make weird hashtags? And I think it's really because what people really want you to gather from all of your eloquent posting and all of your perfectly post photos Mm -hmm. is really just surmise or really just um, condensed into those hashtags. Yeah. The hashtags actually reveal why you made the post. Like the hidden motive behind the post. Or like who you're trying to reach out to with the post. It's very telling. Hashtags are very telling. Yeah. They're a little window into the soul. Yeah. And, you know, we help along with Rebels Instagram accounts and stuff. And like, right. there's a strategy behind using hashtags. Yeah. It's a whole marketing game. Yeah. Which we're not very good at, apparently. No. But, <laughs> but like some of these hashtags, I'm just like... Maybe what we should do is just stop reading people's little synopsis, you know, what are you thinking, what are you feeling on Facebook, and just go straight to looking at the hashtags and be like, yep, there's a motive behind why I'm looking at the 18th selfie you've posted today. Yeah. Because you just think you're beautiful or whatever. I mean, whatever the reason is. Yeah. It's This might be like a terrible segment because we're not being very specific at all because I don't want my friends to be mad at me. I know, right? (laughs) But I'm just saying, people, don't use weird hashtags. It's revealing of your heart. Human nature is a funny thing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah, out of the abundance of the hashtags, the mouth (laughs) speaks. Maybe maybe you know of some crazy hashtags and you're like, yes. I mean, when I use hashtags on my personal account, it's usually because I just want to, like, categorize where my photos are. Well, and that's what it's originally for. Like, right. tags are used on blogs or certain websites. So you can find similar content on that website. Well, like, for instance, our kids have a hashtag. It's hashtag VB3. Yeah. And it's because whenever I look back for photos of my children, they're all going to be, you know, listed there. And it's easy for me to find them. People are going to go do VB3. I mean, VB3. you can go look at my cute kids. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag VB3. <laughs> on Instagram, you'll find a bunch of them. But I'm just saying... You don't have to post a picture of, like, your gym selfie and be, like... It's pretentious, right? Sweating for Jesus or something. <laughs> yeah, well, that, it's pretentious. There's, there's just weird stuff. Just don't do it. Yeah. When people try to be too abstract, you know, and, like, almost artsy with with their hashtags, I'm like, you're, you're trying too hard. I would almost 
appreciate someone being clever with a hashtag more than I would just being like a picture of their family out to dinner and then have the hashtag be like hashtag promoted. Like that's why you can go out to dinner because <laughs> yeah. you're like, so what you're trying to tell me is now you've got more money. Like that was the entire yeah. point of this post mm-hmm. really has nothing to do with you enjoying your family and being thankful for this time with them. It's you just I want me to know yeah. like you've got money to do this. Yeah. And it's revealed in your hashtag, hashtag promotion or whatever, you know, like that's, that's actually not one of the, for instances that I yeah saw. I don't hardly, I don't know what to hashtag most of the time. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Maybe people think we're pretentious with our hashtags. I don't even know what we hashtag. I mean, we don't live a very fancy life, guys. I'm sitting here in sweats with ice on my wrist in a closet. I don't hashtag well. I'm like, it's like too much time. I'm like two hashtags in. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm not spending five minutes hashtag. Don't use weird hashtags. Yeah. Well, those are our thoughts on hashtag area 51. And we will be right back to tell you why you shouldn't go to church. is melting i have to get you some more ice when we're done hear that guys it's melted (laughs) no more ice it's cold slushiness cold water now and that's it all right so let's talk about why you shouldn't go to church so you guys probably think we're kidding and of course we are we are we're being tongue-in-cheek but but i hope you're curious as to what's coming next yeah because there are some pretty real reasons why you shouldn't go to church. This is true. We will hit one that legitimately is a reason to not go to a church. Yes. That'll be in a couple minutes. So we're going to begin with Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. This is probably... Sola Scriptura. Yeah. You got to base everything... Off the Bible. Off the Bible. We can't be making stuff up. I mean, we could be making stuff up, but that's not good. If you think we're making stuff up... Sometimes we are. Go look it up. But this is Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so this is our verse from the writer of Hebrews, that God's word commands us to meet together with other Christians on a regular basis. He says, do not forsake Right. The assembling together. It's a pretty direct statement. Yeah. It's pretty hard to get around that. But there are a lot of Christians, including some Christians in our own family and friends, that just look at church as something that you do on special occasions. Or maybe if you have time. Yeah, if it's convenient. Yeah, yeah. Convenience Um, for sure. There are for sure people who would call themselves Christians in our families that just hate church and have literally said things like, the church is just corrupt and it's run by men mm-hmm. and not men is like, you know, a feminist statement, but like just humans. And that's why I could never be part of a church because it's just corrupt. And um, so there's people who feel that way. And then I think that there is some type of weird mix up when it comes to like visible church versus invisible church stuff. Like they would just say things like, well, I am the church, so I don't need to go to church. Right. You know, and and there's... 
a lot of confuse- confusion surrounding that. They'll read verses like this where it says, don't forsake the assembling together and be like, oh, I, I do. Like, I meet with my Christian friends all the time. They don't view that as a call to a corporate worship service. Right. Even though for like thousands of years, God commanded his people to come together for corporate worship. Mm-hmm. Well, and we would make a distinction as Presbyterians. There is a, a visible church and an invisible church. Yeah. And the problem is that we aren't able to differentiate between the two necessarily. No, and there's no separation in the New Testament of those who are Christians, but don't regularly gather with other Christians. Right. There's no instance of In worship, you mean. Right. Yeah. There's no Christian talked about in the New Testament where it's like, oh yeah, but they're just one of those Christians that doesn't meet with other Christians to worship together. I think it's because, I think this has some dispensational roots too, because we very much view the church as a New Testament creation. Yep. And we don't view it as something that was that began back in the Garden of Eden when God created Adam in perfect fellowship with himself. Yeah, anybody with a theology that has a hard cut between Old Testament and New Testament is probably going to look at the church that way. Right. They're not going to look to the Old Testament for any guidance for right. what God's people do as a gathered people, what they do corporately, mm-hmm. what they do for worship. And this is where theology is just so important for every aspect of human life life because we know that to be sent outside of the camp for the Israelites was yeah. not a good thing. Yeah, that was bad. You wanted to be part of the community. You wanted mm-hmm. to be part of this group of people, God's chosen people. That was what you were striving towards. That well, was yeah. your what your life was about, in a sense. And That was where the blessing was. Exactly. The blessing was with the people. And when you were sent out, that wasn't good. Well, that was the covenant curse of circumcision was that you would be cut off. Nobody wanted that. Like in the prophets, they they say stuff like that to show the people in their sin, like how serious it is. Like you're about to be cut off. Well, and even the exiles mm-hmm. was in a sense a portrait of what would happen right. if yeah. you were out of fellowship with God. Like it, that was a curse. That wasn't a good thing to be outside mm-hmm. of fellowship with God and outside of favor with him. So right. the fact that some Christians think it's a good thing to not be part of the church or they think that they are somehow increasing joy by not going to church Mm -hmm. or not being part of fellowship in the church is backwards. Like you're mixing up covenant curses and blessings. True. So that distinction between visible church versus invisible church, just think like you just got to go back and you have to reevaluate what is the church? Where was the church instituted and who were the people of that church? Right. I think that's a helpful place to start. But clearly we see in scripture that there is a group of people that God bestows favor on. Mm -hmm. And he clearly intends for that people to be one, one body. Right. Of whom Christ is the head. Exactly. And again, that is where blessing is. And um, there's there's protection, there's encouragement, Mm -hmm. there's community. The New Testament speaks of a lot of different things that are benefits and blessings about being in that covenant community. Mm-hmm. And in 1 Corinthians, we see Paul talking about the many different body parts working together as one body and Christ being the head and how each body part has a certain role to play and a purpose. 
Mm-hmm. And for the person who says, I want to be a lone body part off by myself, unattached from everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Like you just, you can't survive. It's just not how we're created to be. Like a, a body part cannot survive without being part of the body. Like Again, there's just no separation of like, well, I'm a Christian and I'm a part of Christ's body mm-hmm. in like the spiritual realm or something, which is what you were talking about. Like, well, I'm part of the invisible church. Yeah. And and that's the more perfect, better thing anyway. But this physical, visible church. It's uh, almost kind of Gnostic. Right, it is. But in the New Testament, just like what you said in First Corinthians, when we talk about the body of Christ, that is a spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. But it's a spiritual reality seen in our physical world. Right. The two are not separated. Mm-hmm. The two are one and the same. Yeah. You physical I mean? and spiritual are joined together in the church. Yeah. So some of the reasons not to be part of the church, based on what we just said, would be that you actually would be forced to be around other people, other Christians. Yeah. And that might really cause some sanctification. <laughs> so watch out. So watch out. If you don't want to like be sanctified you and don't grow, grow in your holiness. Yeah. Just don't go to church. Yeah. If you're not looking to grow as a Christian or, you know, increase your faith in God, increase your love for God, then yeah, you shouldn't go to church. And knowing that the spiritual gifts you have are going to be different from the spiritual gifts that other people have in the church, you are kind of alienating yourself from a lot of the blessing that God has given to his people because I'm assuming you're not a pastor, evangelist, mm-hmm. encourager, whatever. You can't be everything all by yourself. All for yourself. So you are alienating yourself from just some of the practical care that God has given to his people. Yeah, that God has said you need. Yeah. But also you're being selfish because that means whatever God gave you to do, you're not there to do for others. Yeah. And so you're taking a a super selfish look at it because you're not thinking about those who need your spiritual gifts. Well, and it's pride at the very core because what you're Mm -hmm. saying is I'm smarter than every pastor. I don't need to have an elder above me to be accountable for me and to shepherd me and to teach me truth. I can do that for myself. Yeah, to point out my blind spots. Mm -hmm. And you're not under, because you're not under any elder's authority, Mm -hmm. then you can pretty much get away with anything. Yeah, you can bring your own church discipline cases up to yourself about yourself. Yeah. And then dismiss them. Yeah. As unfounded. (laughs) So don't go to church if you want accountability or if you want to grow and be taught by an elder and have that type of discipleship and accountability. It's just, it's not for you if that's not what you're looking for. Yeah. If you don't want any kind of spiritual mentorship or encouragement, yeah, church is not the place for you. Right. So what's another reason that you shouldn't go to church? Because they might read the Bible, which was at least in part written towards churches. It's true. Most of Paul's letters were written to the saints or to the church at Ephesus, Colossae. So on and so forth. Philippi. And then he would end letters with, you know, the saints at this person's household and all the different churches in that city that were gathered together doing the Christian life together. I mean, if you hate going to church, reading scripture is not going to be good for you. Yeah. So... Just, again. Avoid that. Yeah. Obviously, we're being totally... Tongue-in-cheek. Tongue-in-cheek. And we would encourage everyone to be part of a local body. Yeah. Well, and I hope I hope our, our uh, tongue-in-cheek attitude here shows the true blessing of being a part of the body of Christ is. And this is not exhaustive. There's so many benefits to being right. part of the local body and having godly elder in authority over you. Yeah. 
There are legitimate reasons why you shouldn't belong to a particular church. Abuse, spiritual abuse, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously physical abuse. We've seen that happen in yeah. churches before. If they are teaching heresy, there are legitimate concerns with a particular body that is near you that you're a part of, then I think you have a responsibility to get out of that church. Leave. If someone's abusing you, get out. That doesn't mean you f- you forego attending all churches everywhere forever. Yeah. It means you go to a different church that isn't, a, you know, exercising abusive authority <laughs> over you. Yeah. And if you're a part of a church that is just in some error or somehow you discover something that needs to be corrected or rebuked, that might be why God is showing that to you. Mm -hmm. Why God has placed you in that position or in that church is to actually speak some truth into that situation. Right. And so do that. Be the courageous person to to share the truth and hopefully restore that church to uh, biblical faithfulness. Right. And if they reject you or possibly kick you out, (laughs) uh, which... May have happened to us one time. No, it legit did, guys. We were kicked out of a church in a pretty fearsome way. And we tried meeting with elders and they refused to meet with us and hear us out on our concerns. And instead of meeting with us, they actually held a church meeting and all of the members of the church were gathered into a room and told that they should not fellowship with us anymore. That we were rebellious and could be a bad influence, I think. And it was because there was some really terrible, ungodly, abusive leadership and some things that were going on that Grant and I discovered. And we had the audacity to question and and try and get some answers for. And I think their response was just get them out of here before they stir this up, before they pull the curtain back and the whole church can see what's going on behind closed doors. And so they kicked us out and it wasn't fun. And there was a lot of personal hurt, a lot of gossip and slander. And we lost most of our friends because most of our friends were Christians from that church and they were told they couldn't fellowship with us anymore. Right. And it was very hard. Grant deployed only a few weeks later. So I lost all my church friends and my husband. And it was a, it was a very weird time, but God was so faithful. He brought us to a different church Yeah, and brought me other Christian friends who That's actually when I became friends with Sandra. You guys all know Sandra. Yeah. And I mean, God did really awesome things at that time. And that was four years ago, just over four years ago. It was four years ago. It was July. So four years ago to the date and almost to the date. Yeah, almost to the date right now. And just maybe a month ago, we received an email from one of the pastors of that church that we were kicked out of. The pastor. And he asked for our forgiveness. And it was something we never saw coming. Honestly, we never thought that we were going to get that email. Mm-hmm. We we have prayed constantly for that church, for that city that we were in, that you know faithful churches would continue to pop up. It was really surprising. And it was a huge breath of fresh air. Yeah. To actually see some humility and repentance there mm-hmm. and and uh, kind of some validation for us that we weren't just being divisive. troublemakers <laughs> or divisive. That was the word we heard a lot. We did hear that word a lot, divisive. But the point being, everyone has a bad church experience. Yeah. Because here's a newsflash, sinners go to church. Right. Sinful things are going to happen because we're sinners. And that doesn't mean you duck out of hard situations. And oftentimes the situations that are the hardest are the ones that God's going to grow you through the most. Mm -hmm. 
and hang in there. You know, if, if there's changes to be made, then work hard at, at helping your church work through those issues. Don't leave. If there is real abuse, then leave and go somewhere else where the gospel is being preached and abuse isn't happening. Mm-hmm. There are awesome, good churches in a city near you, I promise you. Yeah. It just might mean that you don't get your, your worship preference or you don't get the... Children's programs yeah, preference yeah. or something. But guess what? It doesn't matter. What really matters is the preaching of God's word right. and that you have a, a faithful pastor who is preaching to you and is shepherding you. Yeah. We have been in so many different flavors of churches Sounds gross, but it's true. <laughs> we we have just realized that what really matters is what Erica just said is is the pastor or the pastors faithfully preaching God's word, encouraging the church to grow, and then are they so are they shepherding well? Mm-hmm. Are they shepherding well? Are they faithfully preaching God's word? That that's number one. And it's worth driving a little further or being a little bit inconvenienced mm-hmm. to go to a church like that. Yeah, definitely. Because programs come and go and worship leaders, music leaders come and go and all of that stuff is fleeting and God's word is not. And in Acts 15, we see that the leaders from churches from all over the region come together to settle a theological matter. And it was for the betterment of the church, for the theological protection, the biblical faithfulness mm-hmm. for the church. Um, we won't get into what the real issue was there. You can go read Acts 15 yourself if you're really interested. Yeah, but it's interesting to see that they travel from all around to come together because they cared about their people. Uh, heresy was spreading behind the disciples as they spread the gospel. Heresy would come behind them and deceive people, and it was somewhere confused, and so they needed to settle things and figure out the doc- what, what was true. Right. And so this is another benefit of coming to a church, being under good, faithful pastors, is that they're going to look out for you. Mm-hmm. and ins- They're going to keep you from error. Right. They're going to ensure that you aren't wandering off into error. Yeah. And I think we should probably maybe caution people who just heard us say, leave your abusive church. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is not if a pastor is confronting you on your sin, leave. No, that's not abuse. (laughs) That's That's part of his job. (laughs) Um, It's your job to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal if there's any sinful way in you. And if what the pastor is maybe questioning you on or bringing to your attention is true, repent. You have to take an honest look at whether or not you are being sinful. Well, and be a Berean. Go and search out the scriptures yourself. If you for some reason, think your pastor is getting on you about something and you don't think it's biblical, go read your Bible. Go study up on it. Mm -hmm. Go see what it really says about this thing. Is he calling something that's a matter of Christian liberty sin and trying to badger you on that? Or is he legitimately calling out a sin in your life and you just don't like it? Yeah. Those are two very different things. Now, I know a lot of people can find a liberal writer, a liberal blog, or someone that's going to call a whole bunch of things okay that are, in fact, sin in the Bible. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you search long enough, you could probably justify any sin with someone who calls themselves a Christian. Yeah. But what I'm saying, though, is there are pastors who are binding consciences of people. They don't have patience with people. Mm -hmm. And just because someone's like asking some questions about some doctrines of the Bible or something. They feel threatened. Yeah, they feel threatened or whatever it is. And I just encourage the the sheep to be smart. Be a smart sheep. Be a studious sheep. 
Yeah. And make sure that your pastor is doing his job well. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. That specific topic is near dear to my heart because I know of several people I've grown up with that were treated that way by bad pastors who were impatient and ignorant and didn't have the bandwidth to deal with someone's questions. And then now that person feels a certain kind of way mm-hmm. about the church. And that just that bugs me so much. So those are just a few reasons why you shouldn't go to church, because an elder may call you out in your sin. (laughs) Other Christians may cause, you know, the Holy Spirit to bring about some sanctification in your life. Mm -hmm. You might be encouraged. You might be built up. Yeah. You might be equipped to actually help build God's kingdom. Yeah. You might actually fit in and get community. Like we were talking about with the Area 51 thing. That's right. We're built for community. And if you don't like that, if you want to be isolated and not be a part of something that is that God is doing, you just shouldn't go to church. Yeah. Yeah. You might enjoy it. Yeah. So beware. We just, we just warned you. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Are you good? I'm mostly good. Mostly good, except for the arm. Yep. All right. We got to get you some ice. Yep. All right. I'm going to go get her some ice. Thank you guys for listening. And we greatly appreciate it. As always, subscribe to Rebel Alliance Media in iTunes, your podcast catcher to get all the new content. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin. The effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a Dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.